I was just planning on recording the teaching. I can edit it out. Okay, so the thought was too that we're going to start recording uh, some of the teachings just so people who can't be here um, have a resource, have access to that. And so we have it too. Um, if anybody has like a serious problem with that or like wants to say something that's like off the recorder, just like let us know and we can make that happen. Uh, part of the concern was like we still want this to be a safe place where you can tell us you murdered two people in there in your truck. <laughs> and like that still is like it is that safe place. Just like tell us like, hey, can you turn off the recorder? And then we'll be like, oh, and you're like, I'm a serial killer. And then we'll be like, okay, God forgives you. Um, and then that'll be that. And then we'll turn it back on. What? Have to is a very strong word. Are you going to the Honestly, honestly, I believe that you know if somebody were to come and like have that moment, have them that like basically if like somebody who was involved in a drug war were to like come to Christ. Um, I do think the Holy Spirit would convict them to turn themselves in. You know, because I think submission to worldly authorities is a very real thing. It's a very biblical thing. Um, but I would, I would want it to be of their own accord because I would want it to be a fruit of the heart change. So That's how I would handle serial. All right, um, if nobody has, oh, actually, I do also, I want to ask this. Does anybody have Thank you. any questions, comments, or concerns? Like, literally, I'm talking, like, questions about, like, whatever. Like, if you just have any personal questions for me, you can also ask those. I don't mind. How much do you like Star Wars? Um, I'm named after one of the main characters a lot. So, like, your, your, your parent was like, you know, Skywalker. I had one parent that was a huge Star Wars fan, and I had one parent that liked to act Christian. What? So they settled on Luke. They want to give me options. Uh, but I, I grew up in the universe. I love it. Um... Also, I want to mention this, just before we, like, say so you know, um, I stepped down from any role I have in Chi Alpha last week. Uh, I just felt led. I felt like we were going two different directions. Um, I didn't feel like it was really conducive to what God's called me to do. And, uh, you know, it comes to a certain point where you're talking about, like, it's not about the brand, it's not about anything else, but then you have an organization and you're pushing that brand. It's, uh, it, it just, it's, there's a possibility of conflict that shouldn't be there. So, what? What is Kyle? <laughs> Good question. It's just a Christian RSO on campus. Um, that being said, too, <clears throat> this is still going to keep going, like, full force. Um, I'm teaching this week. I don't expect that to be a regular thing. Um, Jonathan, as his prayer life leads him, will start teaching 
more often and more often. Um, other things we are starting are new small groups. Uh, Colin just launched one. If you want to get involved in a small group, talk to me or the other leaders. We'll get it arranged. Um, there's, a, again, a certain level of discipleship that can only happen in small groups. Uh, it's because you need those people who are right beside you and know you inside and out. Um, so they can correct you in love. Let's pray. Let's get started. God, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for this room. I thank you uh, for everything you have for us. Um, I ask for your presence in this place uh, for nothing else. Um, I ask for your agenda to be met, nothing else. As that it's exactly what you want to say, nothing more, nothing less. I pray that it's not me who speaks, not me who teaches, but you who speaks through me. Uh, we love you. We submit this time to you. Um, we just want to open our hearts and get ready to come out different on the other end. Amen. Amen. Um, that's part of it, though, isn't it? Like, we, we always talk about uh, how powerful, how holy, how amazing, like, God is, but we never really expect uh, much when we encounter him. We don't really expect, like, we just expect to be us at the end of the day. But I, I want to challenge you that it's pretty much impossible to come out the other side with an encounter with a, a holy and good God and be the same person. Um, I would ask that you open yourself up a little bit to change, open yourself up a little bit to the workings of the Holy Spirit. For the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. It's man's heart from his soul, bone from marrow. I remember the rest of the verse. I got three words for you today. I wrote them on the board so I didn't forget them. Agape. Does anybody know what this word means? It's a good story. Anybody but Kylie? It means love. It means love. Kind of. Kind of. So, English is awful. Uh, my fiance is studying it, and I don't know why. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Same. I'm kidding. <laughs> but, so, Greek had four, four words where we have one. They actually kind of have, like, this fifth one. This is, like, the perfect so like when we say like love like we love nachos like the Greek language just like there's no love nachos like they 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 use like more exact language it's like I enjoy the taste of nachos it's crazy Um, but anyways so they have four words for love where we have one and one of them is agape and what we don't really understand about like this kind of love, what like doesn't click in our brains, is um, honestly the very nature of it. It, it comes from like uh, an idea that the parent has for the child, but beyond that, it, it's it's the thing that remains when everything else fades. It's the love um, that is based on nothing but existence and it's the love that's based on well 
the other two words, no expectations and no conditions. Yeah. It also uh, like inherently has the idea of sacrifice in it. So like it's unconditional and sacrificial, like in its definition. That's those are like its conditions. So I want to talk about conditions and expectations, um, and how we confuse the two and how we can split apart the two. I will say have great expectations for God because faith is the promise of things the confident expectation of things promised but not yet seen but Hebrews 11 yeah. um, I will ask I think a central question for tonight is does your faith have conditions hit me up first one who has the first one <laughs> not asking <laughs> about any others right now. Dang, guys, you really All right. dropped the ball. I got it. I got it. I got it. There was a written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Rebuked him. Uh, don't you fear God? He said, since since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you, to you, today you will be with me in paradise. So this is like a Jesus actively getting like executed. Um, Roman crucifixion is a very lengthy process. But I want to look at the attitude of one of the one of the criminals on the cross. He didn't really do much, but the dude went to paradise. Like we assume, like okay, cool, like he's not in hell. Like is that a safe assumption? Are we okay with that? But, like, he didn't go to church. He didn't tithe. He didn't, like, save poor people or anything like that. He said this man is innocent. Jesus, don't forgive me. This man is innocent. And he said, okay, cool. Tonight you'll be with me in paradise. didn't ask for anything but to be known. He didn't ask for anything but to be remembered. It was a simple recognition of the glory of God. It was a simple recognition of the cross of Christ, the crucifixion, and the fact that the Lamb of God was there and being murdered in front of him. And that recognition came with no conditions. This man said, okay, I'll only recognize you if, like, you call down a thousand angels and save yourself. That's what everybody else wanted to say. 
That's the conditions that they put on their faith. He said, oh, if he is the king, Jesus, let him call down angels. Let him, uh, later, when he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? They thought he was calling for Elijah. And so they said, okay, let's see if Elijah comes. That was the condition for their faith. They had strings attached. They had conditions there. But the thief, the criminal, the one who Jesus looked at and said, tonight I will see you in paradise, did not have any conditions on his faith. He said, this is the lamb. This is the perfect sacrifice. This man has done nothing wrong. He is being crucified for us. Uh, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Talking about love. First Corinthians 13 is like the whatever, the wedding chapter. Love chapter. Love chapter. I hate that. Um, the whole Bible is a diary of God's love for you. Why are we just like talking about like one little chapter? Like cool, you're like yeah. It just it, it just breaks down the characteristics of love. The entire Bible breaks down the characteristics of God, and God is love. So. Fight me. <laughs> Next one, John 15. There is, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. <clears throat> Did you want that in a different version? No. It's pretty much the same. Read it again. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. What version is that? NLT. Do you want a different version? Uh, NRV says, for there's no greater love than this for a man to give his life for another. That's one of them. I think that's <laughs> but, So the point is, like, there's no greater love than this for a man to give his life for, for another, for his brother, or whatever like that. It doesn't matter. But two things I want to say. Uh, greater love. So there's lesser love. Are you okay with that? And the greatest love involves the greatest sacrifice. What, what do you mean by this one? Love is, a, is can be measured on a scale. It's a spectrum. It's a spectrum. Go. The other like three words for love would be lesser loves. Like there's a brotherly love, but it's still conditional Philia. on theirs. Philia. I don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you know, for us, there's also you know nacho. But, because English is a terrible language. That's still Philia. <laughs> <laughs> Nachos are your brother. Nachos but are your brother. But the other kind of love are family. all, like, there's, like, the sexual romantic love is one of them, and then there's another Where one, else? too, but I don't remember what it is. Um, yeah, me either. Doesn't matter. Those would be, like, lesser loves. It is, is that not Greek? Wait. Those are Greek words for love besides agape. There's four total. You got four, okay. Yeah. And a fifth one that can sometimes be used. Yeah. It's a, it's a complex language. Much better than English. Okay. So, there are greater loves, there are lesser loves, and the greatest love is dying. Cool. Cool. Read the next verse. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. 
Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. I have that one. Uh, I did want to like throw this in there. Uh, the world knew us not because it knew him not. Um, there's like this weird thing where like Christians like talk about like being relatable and culturally relevant. And to a degree, there is like being all things to all men and being like comfortable in every situation and stuff. But the world knew us not because it knew him not. Stop trying to like make yourself so relatable. Like the side point there. Christians don't need to like like force it, you know what I mean? Alright, so read the next one. For God so loved the world that he gave his one only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. <clears throat> For God so loved that he gave his son, what did his son do? <coughs> died. Could he have shown a greater love to the world? No, why not? Because Say it again. Greater love hath no man than hath. <laughs> <laughs> I was worried that was the only <laughs> it was. Greater <laughs> love. Have no man. <laughs> the Bible was written in King James. Um, <laughs> that's, that's not true. Um, it was written in like four or five different languages. Are we okay with that? Like Jesus showed you the greatest love that can ever exist. Alright, Romans 5 8. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. What did it take for God to send his son? You have to, like, step up and stop being a sinner. That's the thing. God didn't ask for life change when he sent his son. He didn't ask for everybody to just, like, give him even the honor that he deserved. Beyond that, the basic human respect of not crucifying an innocent man. Like, I feel like that's, like, even, 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 like, besides all this, like, that's an okay thing to ask for. He didn't ask for that. He gave all of that up while we were yet sinners. He, like, he looked at us in, like, our little broken state where, like, uh, we were we were slaves to the wrong things. We were worshiping the wrong things, and he's like, you know what? I want to die for these people. That love has no conditions on it. it it's 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 not like okay. Blood only counts for you if. There's no if. Jesus died for all people. Let's keep going. Let's finish it up. First John for eight. I know it. Um, he that loveth not, loveth not God, for God is love. 
God is love. I just had that in your head. Preach that. Yeah. Or just like ground some scripture in it. Keep going, Hebrews 4.16. There is none. What? There's not in Hebrews 4.16. I missed that. Yeah. Not mine. What? <laughs> oh shoot, no there is. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> It changes, it changes subtext, I see. <laughs> I thought, yeah, it was the last one. You want to read it, Lucas? Yeah, yeah. yeah I will, yeah. Uh, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us at the time of need. What happens, Lucas? Uh, we receive his mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Mercy and grace are two things we have no business getting. Approaching the throne of God is something we have no business doing. If there were conditions to our faith, If there were anything else other than the perfect sacrifice, we couldn't. To get to a point to approach the throne of God, all it took was the crucifixion. That was enough. It is enough. It always has been enough. Side of the board. What? No, he like literally did not 
that we so deserve. Because perfect love casts out fear. And so the perfect love that, that descended from heaven in the, in the form of a child and died for us is the very love that allows us to approach the throne of heaven without any fear of exploding. Dying, being condemned to separation from God forever. God's punishment? There's a difference between reverence, understanding that God is higher, that God is probably a little smarter, a little wiser. You can keep saying you're saying There's a difference between that reverence and then fearing the punishment of God. I will say if you're a Christian because you fear the punishment of God, you don't understand perfect love. His perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out the fear of punishment. And so if you're a Christian just to avoid hell, you really don't get it. You don't get what God did. You don't get what he died for. The man on the cross was a Christian just because of who Jesus was. There's literally, there was nothing else that pushed him to be a Christian other than the simple existence and acceptance of Jesus. It was a conditionless faith. Like, literally, the book of Revelation brought a lot of that up. Um, but even, like, today, 
say remember me thinking if you don't I'll go to hell. Two verses left. First Peter. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Die to sin, live for righteousness. That is a product of the crucifixion, not a requirement. I will say God's transforming power in your life. The, the only way we're going to talk about repentance, the only way anything's going to stick in your life, it's not about like uh, changing your behavior. Like You don't like come to Bible study to learn how to be a better person, to get a new code of morality, to get more rules to live your life by. Switch it. Come dirty. Bring yourself fully to God. There was, there was a man being... being Crucified like a common criminal. He always said, honestly, I deserve this. That was his attitude. That's what he said. He's like, you know what? I'm a criminal. I'm an upstart. I'm against the Roman government. And they're making an example out of me. And it's probably one of the most painful, terrifying deaths that have really ever been used widely. But this man just wanted to be known by Jesus. He just wanted to be known by the Lamb of God. He didn't say, oh, Jesus, is, is, are there more rules that I can follow to enter the kingdom of heaven? Now, there, there are ways that I live my life 
But they're a product of my relationship, they're not a requirement. I don't do a lot of things, but I don't really want to. I'm not, I'm not like sitting here like trying to hold myself back from going to bars. They're uncomfortable, really loud, beer's too expensive, and seeing everybody around you in so much pain, and just running away from it, what about that like seems fun? Like what about that is something that I want to do on a weekend? In Psalms it says, uh, uh, for you give me the desires of my heart. heart and spirit are the same thing. Your spirit was renewed after you believed in the cross of Christ. He will give you the desires of your spirit that is directly connected to his spirit. There will be things you like, things you don't like, based completely on your prayer life. That's where the life change comes from. That's where like behavior modification comes from. It doesn't come from anything else. Because honestly, it's not gonna stick. It's like New Year's resolutions. Sometimes they work, sometimes they'll work for, for 10, 15 years, or whatever. Honestly, like sometimes they do stick. But, are you just supposed to sit there and like grind against it? The only way to get a fitness, like New Year's resolution or stick, like if anybody's gonna start going to the gym this year, they have to start enjoying it. Well, so they're not gonna go. They're gonna fall away at some point. So the way of the world is to start the behavior and hope at some point along the way your desires change enough that you can stand it for the rest of your life. That's why people don't change. That's why generation after generation we see the same sins. That's why year after year we see the same out of people. You approach the throne first. You come boldly to the throne and there you find mercy and grace. Mercy, not getting punishment that you deserve and grace, unmerited favor. There you find love. I bet I'm like I'm, I'm willing to make like I know like gambling or whatever it's weird to talk about gambling with Christians I'm willing to bet that once you find all the mercy and grace at the throne <coughs> you probably don't want to go back to the way of the world <coughs> that's what repentance is that's to think of things in a new light uh, literally, it's like it's more accurately translated, like as a word, to put on a new mindset. Last one.
except for your obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. I'll be in debt to no man. When you're in debt, there's a promise that hasn't been filled. But more than that, there's a condition on the gift that you've been given. There are strings attached to the things that you've been given. And somebody says, okay, here's a bike, but you can only use it between the hours of 6 and 8 p.m. That's not a gift. It's a condition. Understand the perfect sacrificial unconditional love is exactly that. It has no conditions. The debt has been paid. Right? Like we always hear that. We're like, oh yay, the debt's been paid. I don't I don't have to go to hell. Like that's literally that's what we always think. But like the debt's been paid, there are no conditions on your gift, is what that means. The debt has been paid. Christ has paid the price for all of our sins. There are no conditions on the gift of salvation, redemption, and being known by God. There are no conditions on that. Did you literally, he just like, he looked at Jesus, he was like, remember me, please. And Jesus was just like, for sure, dude. I'll see you later. Good <laughs> dude. For sure. And like that's what I was saying though is like there were no conditions on the gift anymore because Jesus said to pay the price. Conditions are a tool of the world. Conditions are are a tool of the enemy. God put no conditions on His act towards you. Last, you put conditions on, on your faith towards God. Do you simply recognize who God is and you're like, oh man, I just want to know more? Or you just worry about what He can do for you? Are you going to ask him to get down off the cross? Or are you going to ask him to remember you?
says my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Guess what burden you have? Same one as Jesus. That's the thing is, is we have no debt. We're beholden to no man. We have no debt. We're beholden to no man. The debt that we should have against the creator that created us was taken away at the cross. Like This is the opposite of heavy, guys. The weight of generations of sin, the weight of, of, of a world fallen to a way, a way of the enemy is just completely done away with. And like we, we didn't even we didn't even have to make the proper steps forward. It's nothing about that. It's not it's not about like coming from this place to this place and then we're a Christian. It's like we're over here wandering around in the wilderness, we're like blind, beaten, and half dead. We're literally like the the it's the, it's the story of the Good Samaritan. When the dude is just dead on the road, that's us. And Jesus, looking at mankind, says, oh, he's dead. I should take care of him. It has nothing to do with, with the action of the half-dead individual. That's the thing. It's like, it's like we're so like caught up in, in actions. And it's like, oh, I'm a better Christian if I do this. And, oh, I'm, I'm like a level three Christian because I don't even drink. They're so caught up in that. There are no levels. God doesn't have favorites. There's nothing but just a conditionless gift that mankind may know his good and holy creator. That's the gift. That's the goal. You know God. God knows you. Everything else is just an extension of that. don't know why it's heavy. Woohoo! <laughs> Thank you! <laughs> why is it heavy? Let's, let's call it out. Because we're humans and we like to make things complicated. That's a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we simply didn't hurt too much. Hmm? We didn't know what? It's like my people are destroyed for their lack of knowledge. <clears throat> we grew up like this saying, like, what you don't know can't hurt you. And like, that's cool. Like, whatever. Like, you can say like those little sayings, but my people are destroyed by lack of knowledge. There are people who just like live their entire. Um, I just wanted to say, um, I went to Georgia, Atlanta for the Super Bowl um, to pass out like pamphlets, like Christian pamphlets, mm-hmm. and like like you said, um, if you know if you don't know it, you can't get hurt. But with where where I was, there was like a preacher like in every corner, so you were able to listen, but you ignore it. So in a way, you are in a way accountable. Because if it's right there and it's like being preached out and you're being, I don't want to hear it, keep walking, 
like you're pushing away the word of God and just going your own way. So God is giving you chances to hear his word. And because you don't want to live that lifestyle or start to hear God's word, because nowadays it's kind of like a bad, kind of like uncomfortable conversation now because not everyone wants to hear about God. But you, in different ways, have chances to hear his word. And when you push it away, you're in a way held accountable. Well, and the, the thing that's the most disappointing about that situation is that we have allowed it to get to the point where talking about God in public is uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Talking about trying to share the word is uncomfortable with people. Yeah, that should right. never have even gotten to that point. And now we're trying to fight an uphill battle that is going nowhere. Yeah. I think you should pause real quick. As soon as Paul was saved, he spent three days in prayer. He went out and started preaching with Jews. They tried to murder him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Satan is always working everywhere. That's the thing. It's yeah. like it's always been like this awful uphill battle. Like it's it's not like anything special about our society. Like sure, like we can talk about how terrible millennials are all day, but like it's always been that way. Paul was was saved three days in prayer. First thing he does, he goes outside. He's like, guys, I got news for you. And they just didn't want to hear it. They literally were so driven that they tried to murder him. Like, like guys, Paul could have died that day. Because people didn't want to hear it. But, but honestly, running from it doesn't... Running from it is an action in and of itself. Uh, James one twenty two says, But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. The decision becomes yours to make. It's no part of the mirror. The mirror doesn't do anything. The mirror just shows you what's there. It's your decision what to do with it. Hearing God's word shows you that your debt's been paid. Hearing God's word shows you there's a way of living that's probably better than what you're doing now. Reading, hearing God's word builds your faith up and the love that the creator has for you. Hearing God's word builds your faith up in an idea that you're called to something higher, something more, something beyond yourself. That, that if you sow into the spirit, you'll reap life, life everlasting. If you sow into the flesh, you're going to continue in the same cycles of death and destruction. But that's hearing and obeying. That's hearing and doing something about it. If you hear it and just avoid it, apathy is in and of itself a decision. <coughs> you make a decision 
no matter what. After hearing the word, the responsibility is yours. You become responsible for your actions. You, you become responsible for your response. If you, if you let it, God will change your life. Like, talk to me, Colin, Kylie, or Lucas and Jonathan, and any of us will tell you how, and Nathan. Sorry, but <laughs> he wasn't sitting in his regular, yeah. Um, yeah. Juliet has probably changed more than anybody I know in a very short time. But that change comes from openness, it comes from humility, it comes from a desire. Talk to him, tell him how they've changed. And it's, it's kind of ridiculous because, like, the things that we were known for not being are the things that we're now known for. It's because it's scripture. It's like in, in my weakness, his strength is made perfect. It's like that's where that's from. That's why that makes sense. That's why that's okay. Other thoughts? Questions? Start with prayer. 
but there are no magic words. You have to bring yourself to God. That's what it's always been about. Approaching of the throne of grace and mercy. That's all he's ever wanted. Yeah. I most clearly hear his voice when I'm really whining. I love you. What'd you say? <laughs> you gotta say it again. I said that's not saying much when you're whining all the time. Especially 
it's just hurt, you know? Do you have more to it? That's it. It's, it's because it's about bringing yourself to God. Like, every part of you. The messy parts, too.